0: I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me.
1: Hey pussy, are you still there? Lee. I
2: back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what? walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your
0: ears, bro. John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I mean,
1: you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> hope to God you come ready. I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of The Woke Cast. Joining me from New York, as always, is my colleague, my friend, my confidant, G. Hey, <laughs> doing, G?
0: What's up, Mike? I'm chilling. Why do you have your bedroom voice on? When are you? Just woke up from a nap or something? My gone? my
1: bedridden voice. Um, this yeah. is my uh, this is my American voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that caught me would, off guard. I was waiting for the you, smooth FM. or, you, you know, believe, the quiet story? I've I, I
1: got to say I, that that kind of like hit me for six. The reason for the attempt at the American voice was the amount of accusations today that I had to kind of like bat backwards that i'm american and that i haven't got a sense of humor and that's the reason why i haven't got a sense of humor because i'm american i just i I had to ask somebody you know where is this coming from which part of me says american
0: have you read my bio oh you're talking about that post Uh, from earlier about that boxer and on how to beat women on the heavy bag, right? that's where
1: it all stemmed from. Billy Joe Saunders put up a post, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was late last night, sometime yesterday, anyway. Um, And in it, he was giving a a jovial, in his own words, tutorial on how in the event of um, coronavirus um, close proximity confrontation with your better half, This was the way in which he was trying to coach men to uh, take care of business. And it was a a left cross and a right hook. Now, for me, there are certain things that you don't joke about. And I really feel that domestic violence, especially in these times of lockdown, where domestic violence has actually risen by 30 to 40 percent. And we're not talking about just in the glo- just in the, in the UK, this is globally, and we're looking at somebody mm-hmm. who you know in these times you are looking for role models, you're looking for leadership, you're looking for people who you can actually turn to to well, I suppose lead the way. Billy Joe Saunders is the man in question, and he put that video together now. Bearing in mind, he's held two World Championship titles in two weight categories. He's held, what, the super middleweight and the middleweight um, strap. You would expect better from him. But not only that. I mean, it's been on the news. It's basically been a talking point that domestic violence is on the rise. And it's because of the lockdown. For him to actually put that together, I just thought was thoughtless. I thought it was callous. I just thought... There was no actual um, accountability as well for the whole the whole, the whole yeah. thing. When actually that actually broke, um, you know, the thing that really I found distasteful about all of this is the amount of men coming forward and saying, "Oh, mate, you need to have a sense of humour. Where, 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 where's your funny bone, mate? You, you've had a you've had a sense of humour oh. transplant."
0: And I'm, I'm, Hey, Mike, imagine, imagine being a woman Man. and seeing those comments. Imagine being a victim of domestic violence and seeing mm. those comments. Imagine not just being a victim of domestic violence because everyone always thinks, oh, the poor woman that's getting beat. Yes, she is a victim as well. But what about the children that witness domestic violence? You are tweeting yeah. these people. They are part of the public. They they are the person that's to the left of you and it's the person to the right of you. It's the person in your fucking Mm -hmm. mentions. Like, stop triggering domestic violence victims. And also, here's another thing that people don't understand about jokes. Everybody's like, oh, it's just a joke. The more we joke about something serious the less we, we dehumanize it. Do you understand? Like the more we joke about something negative, we make it easier for folks not to take it serious when we're supposed to. So if you want to keep making jokes about rape and domestic violence, when a woman or somebody gets their ass waxed, you're going to be thinking of that joke. You're going to think yeah. light of it. And at that moment, it's not time to do so. That is why people don't like jokes like that. And here's another thing. Jokes are supposed mm-hmm. to be funny. Cause 'cause, like pump the brakes, Mike. We all laugh at domestic violence jokes. I hear what you're saying, and I don't mean to be a dick or anything, but I laugh at inappropriate jokes. We all do it because what? Comedians do it all the time. Dave Chappelle is one of the funniest people I've ever... I was watching him today. He's hilarious. He makes inappropriate jokes all the time, and we let it slide. Why? Because it gives us things to talk about. It makes us laugh. It makes us feel better, and it gets us talking. But he's a professional comedian. That's why he gets that reaction Mm. out of us. But Billy Joe Sanders is just a boxer That did this for clout and attention And here's the best part It wasn't even funny I didn't laugh I wasn't like, oh shit, I shouldn't be laughing You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't even funny So it was just straight up disrespectful And for people defending it, saying it was a joke, please show me where the joke was because I didn't laugh once. And I'm a horrible, horrible person sometimes that laughs at inappropriate shit. So where exactly. was it? <laughs> I
1: mean, I'm exactly the same boat. But I like the counter, though. Clarissa shield took to Twitter and put together her own video on how you actually counter domestic violence from a man. And uh, I love the, the way in which she was saying, no, don't go for the penis. Go for the balls. Drive right through those balls.
0: Yeah, I, I I, mean I did like it And I chuckled But I, by that time I had soured over his video And not just his video He incited all the incels yes. All the domestic vi- um abusers All the men that you could tell That have put their hands mm. on women Or put their hands mm. on women Or men that don't have a problem with that Even though they've never done it Men that just don't really give a fuck about women pretty much Were the ones that were like Oh it's just a joke Yada 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 Not realizing that it wasn't even a joke it wasn't funny billy didn't come off as funny none of us laughed and was like that's fucked up you know yeah. what i'm saying but laughed it was it was not to me meant to be funny it's an instructional video on how to hit women and i'm sure joe upset a lot of people with some ptsd i'm sure he triggered a lot of victims and got a lot of people upset and mike do we need that right now during a pandemic like do we need that that's vibe? the last
1: thing that we need especially as i as I mentioned, you. you know domestic violence being on the rise for that very same reason
0: and Mike Mm. guess what that is 100% correct because when I call my cop friends in DC and I'm like how are you guys what are the calls for service like it's domestic violence all day they're all like oh I just left one everybody being on top of each other and self quarantine is causing some people to be abused hurt and struck and it's on the rise and this is a good time to yeah like it's a fact folks like my cop friends are telling me it's not something i've read it's not a statistic it's not something that i just Mm. thought of because it makes sense police officers are telling me the shit's on the rise because everybody's quarantining in a house which means people are getting hurt we don't need videos making fun it's true it's true i don't know why people don't get that but can defend him by saying oh comedians do it all the time they're professionals and sometimes it's thought invoking you know not billy joe sanders do you know mike i didn't even know who he was really but i do now yeah, but I do now. But you see how smart it is when you act like a schmuck mm. online. You get people talking about you. You get now. I want to see Canelo or whoever he's Whoop supposed to ass. fight nail mm. him. Yeah. So this was it was smart on his move. I didn't know this guy. Now I do, and now I'm going to watch his fight because I hope he gets smoked. Hmm. So good, good move on his part. One though.
1: person you do know about, and sticking with the theme of current news and videos, John Jones. 26th of March. It didn't take him long did it? But to his credit you know, just before we set this up just before we actually get into this (laughs) John Jones did say in a previous interview look, I can't promise that we won't be here again. I'm paraphrasing I can't promise that I'm going to be an angel but I'll sure as hell try Now the thing is this it looks Mm -hmm. as though he has got an addictive personality because the same Things keep cropping up over and over again to do with addiction, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's a particular personality trait. It looks as though this is something which is cyclical with him. And it seems to crop up not like on a um, regular basis. It's almost as though he keeps those demons in check, but they just creep out occasionally. And this time I think it's crept out in a big way because on the 26th of March, uh, unless you've been hiding under a rock, uh, a lot of people will know the fact that (laughs) John Jones was arrested. He failed a sobriety test and the sobriety test lasted for about 15 minutes. And the thing was this, it made me feel really sad for him. And I'll tell you why. It looked as though in the midst of that sobriety test, he was having a nervous breakdown. He was talking about being um, anxious, he was going through anxiety that he's, his children or um, have dyslexia and that he's got ADD mm-hmm. and uh, you know he forgets mm-hmm. things because he's often punched in the head, he's got short term memory loss. There was so much going on in that video and it made me think this guy really needs help instead of what seems to be a cyclical thing that happens and that is. He has a transgression he gets a short sharp smack on the wrist and we're back to square one with him i mean essentially unchecked and without help
0: yeah i just think that um (laughs) where do i start um i think this is like really none of my business to be honest with you and let me explain Mm. myself i just feel like this is out of control. He's out of control. And it's only John that is going to seek and get the help. And I think we need to buckle up and just hope that he, you know, hang on for the ride and just hope he does not hurt anybody in the process of him eventually and hopefully getting help. And I think I think, too, um, what I find interesting is that everyone keeps talking about this DUI video and the things that Mm. he said and that he drinks and that he has an addiction problem. But me, of course, former police officer is worried about the gun that was in the car. I'm worried about the spent case Mm -hmm. shell that's in the car. That's indicative to him shooting that gun because they pulled him over for what? Because there was the sounds of gunshots close by and they pull him over, which I think is correct. But I know that there was sounds of gunshots and he gets pulled over in the midst of this. And there's a spent gun shell in his car. And that kind of shows that maybe he's perhaps the person that might've pulled that that shot. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, was he shooting at someone? Was he shooting in the air? What is he involved with? Where did he get the gun? Why does he have a gun? Why does mm-hmm. he need a gun? Why is he drinking with a gun? And if you notice, I keep saying gun, gun, gun. The former cop in me is more uncomfortable with yeah. the gun than his drinking. And And then, mind you, this is his first time with his arrest, but... With a gun, but it just seems to me like it's getting worse. First was the DUI. He hit a he hit a pole, wrapped himself mm. around it. Second, I believe, now he uh, hit and run. He hits the pregnant lady, breaks the arm, goes back. Now there's drugs yeah. in the car. He goes back and yeah. gets marijuana. This time around, no, no, stop right there. He goes to the strip club. While drinking in the strip club, he puts someone in a headlock. I forgot I about that one. It's getting w- Yes. And then, boom, now we have this. And throw in a gun during mm. this arrest. Is this not only is this a cycle? It's progressively getting worse. You know, people are not realizing this. Like the 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 mitigating factors are getting worse. There is now a firearm involved. If John Jones doesn't get help, we're going to see something pretty bad happen. I think. But the only problem is is that only John can get himself nope. some help. And if he's not mm. going to do it. but that's just it that's my issue
1: with what you said there to start off with that it's none of your business it is your business i'll tell you why of the people who were actually talking about reporting on writing articles having podcast discussions about it no one ever gave john the sort of talking to that he needed and i really feel it's overdue because if it doesn't happen then we are an enabler for the next fuck up Because I can see this if he But,
0: but yeah. Mike who? How do you know that's not happening behind closed doors That's why I say it's none of my business Because we're only seeing his yeah. arrest We don't know him We're not at his home I'm not related to, I don't know John Jones as, as much as people online stand for him Y'all don't fucking mm. know him So with that being said <laughs> <laughs> With that being said Mike everything you just said Might be happening in his life And you don't know it You know what I mean? I I guarantee you there's someone in his life that's like, please stop drinking. Mm You have children. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to kill somebody. You think somebody, you think somebody's not telling him this. That's why I say, not that it's none of my business. Perhaps I use the wrong words. I'm just saying I feel helpless and I don't really have an opinion anymore on his behavior because he keeps repeating it and keeps doing it and it's quite obvious he has an addiction and there's nothing I can do about it. Do you know what i mean i don't have an opinion anymore i don't think poorly of him and i don't i kind of expect this from but he, him
1: he has mm, a problem but but, what, but you you know? hear me out it's because of mm-hmm. the kid gloves that the media i feel does play a part in this the kid gloves that we treat him with that he'll read mm-hmm. column inches he'll read a blog he'll listen to a podcast and it's almost as though We're making excuses for him. It's almost as though we're giving him a a, a pass. It's almost as though we're saying, well, you know, it's John, you know what he's like. Now, I hear you that these conversations are more than likely happening behind closed doors, but I really do view the MMA scene as a community. We talk a lot about the MMA community, MMA Twitter, And it does seem to have a theme of looking after one another. I don't feel we're looking after John when we're soft-soaping him, giving him the sort of questions which basically means that the next time there is a John Jones scrum, he blackballs us, as in the case of Luke Thomas. The next time there is an opportunity for an interview with John Jones, we don't get invited by the UFC because of the types of questions that we ask. I just feel all of that needs to stop now. We are not glorified PR. I'm going to keep on banging about this until, you know, something and some changes actually happen. And I think we start now, we start today. John you need help. We are no longer going to soft soap you. We're no longer going to make it palatable. We're no longer going to sit by and basically have you on this self-destructive path. And I feel as though we will do that if we don't talk about it in these terms.
0: I can agree with you on that because I do see in the MMA community that he has so many enablers. Mm. And and I find that people confuse enabling with sympathy. Like, for example, I talk about this quite often on MMA Twitter. Sometimes I gossip about it, and sometimes I'm like, damn, like, he needs some help because I have sympathy for him. But at the same time, I don't make excuses for him when I see people that are disappointed in his behavior or when people, his fans, take it so hard, you know, because they want him to be considered the GOAT, but then because of his behavior... It's kind of upsetting his Mm. legacy. So I get when people frown upon this behavior, what I don't get are the people that want to defend his behavior or, hey, you don't know what it's like and yada, yada, yada. I don't need to know what it's like. He's on a self-destructive path and somebody needs to try to put that in his ear. Like, let's help him. Let's not make excuses for him. So that one I do agree with you. I think I just feel powerless. Like, I don't have an opinion anymore. You know what I mean? Like before, I used to get upset. Oh, he's a fuck up. I used to call him mm-hmm. names. I used to be like, he's just, this guy's a clown. Now it's just I feel bad for him. And I'm powerless as a human being and a fan because I can't even get him to stop. And, and if I was on a platform, I would be like you, Mike. I would want to ask him these yes. hard questions. But it, we just feel powerless in, in this community as well. You, you want to ask the, those questions, Mike, don't you? But Dana White, what will he do? He'll shun you. You can't get any more passes. You can't work in MMA media. What if you support your family like that? Like, it's a, just a very complicated situation here that deals with a lot of powerful mm, men here, mm. you know. And it, and and let's not, you know, front that powerful man is Dana White. People fear him, especially in the media. They want to go to the, the media scrums. They they don't want to be blackballed and they don't have the Luke Thomas following. So that doesn't really give them that urge, that urgency to ask him those type of questions. But it does hurt him when we don't challenge yes. John Jones or when his, dumb, when his dumb ass stands keep making excuses. <laughs> don't attack me because I'm disappointed in him. <laughs> you know, like, come on, a guy needs some help. But I don't, like, I, for me, Mike, I don't take a shit on him and I also don't give him too many compliments. I'm just like, I'm just going to wait for him to get some help and when he comes around and I pray that, Whoever's in Albuquerque when he's on, you know, one of these tirades and he's driving drunk and shooting guns. I pray to God that he doesn't hurt anybody. That's Mm, my concern. mm. I don't want him to hurt anybody. And
1: and that's just it.
0: That's my number one And
1: that's just it. Just to circle back to your point about the gun discharge now uh, he could scary. have hurt somebody we don't know the context on which or how that was actually fired you're right he might have been firing in the exactly air. he might have been the <laughs> or at he, someone well, there you go there you go i
0: mean it's what's it's, he into it's what's, scary thank you we don't know this man i'm sorry y'all i know you love him and he's a talented heavy you know light heavyweight and he's the king and he's so great but we don't know him he had a gun in his car it's time to be alarmed by his behavior, not just the DUI and he did shoot one off. Why? And then when he gets pulled over, I saw the video. I'm out here treating homeless people yeah. like people. Sir, you you just bust off a cap. What are you talking mm. about? And I had and then maybe because I am a former police officer, I had no sympathy for that tape. When I see Chael Sonnen saying the cops embarrassed him, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Y'all, I know y'all hate the police, but sometimes they do do their job. Like if they had not pulled him off the street and quote unquote embarrassed him like Chael Sonnen said, maybe someone would be dead. Ease up on cops doing mm. their jobs. When they're actually doing their jobs, leave them alone. I watched the video. There was nothing here that was unprofessional or embarrassing except for John Jones' behavior. There. And, let, and let's not forget he had, I repeat, listeners, he had a gun. We not tripping mm, off of that? Facts. Thank God the police locked him up. Thank God the police recovered that. Thank God they put two and two together and that one shot was fired and then there was one spent in his, there was one shell case in his car put two and two together folks john is becoming a danger not only to himself but increasingly to the people of albuquerque he needs help stop enabling him it, exactly you know?
1: you know what was really revealing um in that whole video and that setup now i know i know, um i think it was misconstrued online when i i made the comment but how thorough they were! <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. You guys, including you guys me, have done the test. You can smell he stinks of drink, but you're gonna put him through counting. You're gonna put him through walking a tightrope, and you're gonna ask him to uh, recite the alphabet. <laughs> Come on! At which point I did know you get I was it? like.
0: Yeah, I was just like, really? Like it was it was shocking to me. Like that's how you know he has like enablers and and sim- people that are sympathizing with him yeah. too much when they watch a video and the police do absolutely nothing wrong and yet still john, it john, john, john. And then even even people that are like, "Oh, I felt so bad for him. He was worried for his children." Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was talking to human to homeless people like they were human. So that totally negates his behavior before that. He didn't think of his children exactly. before he shot the gun. He didn't think of home- was he thinking of homeless people when he was driving drunk? And I don't believe that story that he was speaking to homeless people. You have a spent shell in your car, you were shooting either a gun in the air or you shot at somebody. You were not talking to homeless people. He is a liar. Mm-hmm. He's in mm-hmm. trouble and he's panicking. And to be honest with you, Mike, I've seen so many of these tests before as a cop and that's what people do when they get caught drinking. Uh, my wife, da 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 da. Oh, I've only had a few drinks. They start rambling. They start talking. They even pass gas, Mike. They'd be so nervous. You know what I'm saying? Like you you'd be shocked when people when people about to get in handcuffs and they know they've been caught or they got a little their weed in their pocket. People start farting. Yeah. You'd be like, What's that smell? That's called you going in these handcuffs, even though I haven't found it yet. Because you're farting. Like these that's why I had no you know, sympathy for him, because I was like, I've seen that so many yeah. times. Suddenly you get out the car you're a model citizen you're drunk and there's a car, there's a gun in your car mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean shut up so I had no sympathy whatsoever, and I was triggered when Chael Sonnen said the cops were embarrassing him. They were polite, professional, and they did their job well, and it was absurd to hear his friends, Valentina, Chael Sonnen, his stupid ass fans talking about, oh, this, this—he's a good person. He is. He does bad things. Stop it. They
1: yo. treated him, I thought, <laughs> with the utmost respect. I don't know if you noticed, so you—you you probably did. You probably clocked this, but. They gave him a lot of space. There were, what, three, four officers officers there. All of them were kind of like treating him with, I think, kid gloves. Not only did they allow him to get an extension on those handcuffs, not only did they give him breathing space in that, you know, there was one officer to his left, I think it was, and the other to his right, mm-hmm. but they kept their distance. But also, you know, they, they, they I, I feel as though, you know, <laughs> to a certain extent, They went through every single checklist that you could possibly go through just to say, yep, he's drunk.
0: That's how I felt as a former police officer. I want to be like, wrap it up, fellas, he's out of here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, That's why I was so disturbed when I saw like... Um, when I heard Chel Sonnen say that, and then I saw a dumbass post on, like, John was nervous because, you know, cops be beating the shit out of black people. I think that was on your page. That was was English sarcasm. That
1: was someone with an English sense of humor.
0: Oh, my God. Thank God, because I was so... Remember I responded all snooty? I was like, first of all, um, you might want to pull that card when that's actually happening. This is a valid arrest. I lost it, like... Oh um, this is what white people be talking about when they say race baiting. They you doing it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, hey. Um, but yes, the that drove me mm. crazy. The excuses the cops embarrassed him and it, listen they did their jobs and then they went up and mm. beyond take it from a former cop because if it was me I was a bitch when I was a cop <laughs> y'all would have been like that black woman is a wow. bitch I'd have been like yes keep your eye on the pen thank you like I just would have been I would have it would have been business with me I always had an attitude because I was you know a woman I'm small in size I always just was a bitch yeah. first and if it was me giving him that test y'all probably would have been no justice no peace I wouldn't have brutal him or anything, but I'm very thorough and I'm straight to the point. Those cops were nice. Would you nice. have
1: been disarmed by his almost subservient yes sir, um, no sir. They all do that, wow. Mike.
0: They all do that. They Listen, when you are a police officer you either get, fuck the police or you get, hello, how are you? But meanwhile, hello, how are you? Has a gun yeah. under the seat. You know, they start passing gas. <laughs> they start telling their life story. And when I saw John Jones do that, I have seen that and three million times for three million different arrests, whether it's weed, alcohol, assault with the intent to kill. They mm. all do that. It's just like, I'm just going to talk this officer's ear off and I'm going to be humble and I'm going to be really nice. But that same person doing that has a burner under the seat, just like well, John did. You, you, you know I guess, I mean? will
1: be in a really good position then to give us a summation of what you feel is going to happen next, considering he's had previous considering. I remember this particular clip and I shared it on my um, Twitter page that the judge said mm-hmm. something along the lines of, John, if you come back here, it's not going to work out good for you. Now, just in your own summation, and based on that being the last thing that he heard the last time he was in a courtroom, what do you think is going to happen to John mm-hmm. next?
0: Um, that's I don't know, Mike, because I'm going to be mm. honest with you. Didn't that judge say that was that when he choked the stripper or what? This is horrible. Did you hear me? Was that the time he <laughs> choked the stripper or was it the time? Oh, my God. Anyway, when the judge said that, when was that? The choking of the stripper or was that a I DUI that thing?
1: I think it was a DUI because he was in uh, county. He was, um, he was in uh, the orange jumpsuit.
0: I think John Jones makes enough money to get himself a very mm. good lawyer to avoid really? jail time. That's my answer. Yes. <laughs> But listen, he choked a stripper at a strip club and something else happened and he was arrested. Didn't the judge tell him that if he was going to get arrested one more time, he would go back? Why didn't he go back for choking a stripper?
1: Ah, right.
0: But but I'm also being a little, you know, let me me be a bit more professional here. I do think that his attorneys will get him like what the best plea or the best bargain they can get him. But I don't know what that is. Because I don't know the, the the state laws in Albuquerque. And then also, too, John Jones has a record. So he is complicating yeah. his life as far as, you know, prison, jail, or whatever is going to come down the pike. Because he did have a gun, and he has driven drunk on several occasions. So he is going to face some type of repercussions. Mm. But do I think he's about to do five years, ten years? Like, is he about to be the athlete that gets, you know, sh- sent upstate to the prison? No, no. I'm not
1: going to make an example but of yeah, him.
0: No, but he will. He will, you know, be, you know, penalized, disciplined. Something is going to come out of this. There was a gun in the car, and I don't know their gun laws or their state laws, but I mean, he he is going to get in trouble for this. But Mike, notice he bailed himself out. He has a court date. It's already kind of looking kind of plush here. You know what I mean?
1: Okay. I just (laughs) thought that's it. And mind you, he
0: has a and he has a pre and he has a previous Uh. history. And notice he. And notice he was able to bail out. He has the money to I, do so. I just so. thought
1: somebody bailed him out. Has, you know, I thought that's how it works. You need someone else to bail you out. I didn't, I didn't know you could self-bail. Is that the case?
0: Um, it's different for each state. I'm not sure of Albuquerque, but he did not remain in prison no. that night. He was bailed out. Oh, wow. So I think he has the means and the money to hire an attorney that can help him get the best, you know, mm. plea deal. I'm not saying he doesn't go to jail for it or he just gets a slap on the wrist, but he has the money to make sure that it's as comfortable as it can get within the law. Wow. So, what do you think um, Dana White does, if anything? He
1: won't do a damn thing. At the end of the day, John is an asset to the company. (laughs) And right now, Dana White is looking for every single avenue in which to make money, which to maintain business as usual, and putting John Jones on the bench isn't gonna achieve that. Let's just call it for what it is. Love Dana White, love mm-hmm. what he stands for, love what he's about, but he's a businessman and it's his business at the end of the day. John Jones brings money. John Jones won't be benched.
0: Oh no, he won't be benched at all. And I would say that is also enabling as well yes. in a huge way. But 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 like I said, this is why I mind my business and I'm, and I'm powerless because why should I get upset as mm. a fan if nobody's going to do anything, including the, the perpetrator yeah, himself? Yeah. You're not going to go to no rehab. You're not going to talk about it. You're not going to say mm. you're sorry. You're not going to take accountability. And then in three months, you're going to do it again. At this point, I don't care. Don't hurt anybody and yourself doing it, sir. Good luck to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just honestly, I really, really hope he does not hurt somebody in the midst of whatever he's going through addiction yada 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 that's where i stand with it because you you can't you can't bring it you can't bring him to the water you can't bring him to the rehab you can't force him he has to seek treatment on his own
1: exactly
0: so well
1: speaking of hurting somebody we were hoping to see somebody's being hurt in a professional manner in the cage bellator london in may Now, it's been announced here that the likelihood of the lockdown that we're in at the moment is going to be further extended, but more than likely, more stringent changes to the lockdown activity that's occurring right now. Here to talk about this and a little bit more is Chisanga Malata.
3: As we all know, the coronavirus has well and truly laid waste to this boring calendar and has changed life as we know it. The COVID-19 outbreak has led to the cancellation of sporting events across the globe, the banning of mass gatherings and has prompted most countries in Europe to go into a near enough total lockdown. Now, the MMA world has also been affected by the global pandemic, with UFC London, UFC Columbus and UFC Portland all being scrapped in order to help curb the spread of the virus. Although, shockingly and rather stunningly, the UFC are still pushing ahead with their next pay-per-view event, UFC 249, which of course will be headlined by the eagerly lightweight, eagerly anticipated lightweight title fight between Habib Nurmagomedov and a certain Mr. Tony Ferguson. Bellator and many other smaller promotions have also been affected by the virus, with one championship, Eris fighting and cage warriors all being forced to indefinitely postpone cards. Bellator were, of course, the first Western promotion to pull the plug on a show due to the virus, scrapping Bellator two for one on. I do believe the day of the card. I can't remember what date that was in March. I do believe that could have been the th- the thirteenth, but correct me if I'm wrong. Luckily for Bellator, there are two events. Well, they have two events next scheduled for May ninth and May sixteenth. So there's a bit of a buffering period for them. The latter of those cards is the promotion's return to the SSE Wembley Arena in London, a card which is set to be headlined by the seemingly cursed fight between James Gallagher and Cal Eleanor, which is, of course, a men's bantamweight fight. But judging from recent statements from scientists across the globe and government officials in the UK, that card is in serious danger of being scrapped. Numerous respected scientists across the Web have been calling for social distancing measures to be put in place for the next six months. And just today, Professor Neil Ferguson, who's the director of the Central, Center of Global Infectious Disease Analysis at Imperial College in London, said that given the spread of the virus, us Britons could be forced to stay at home for at least the next three months. Such a lockdown and indeed even a lockdown for a further month with all but lay waste to the Bellator London card as the fighters wouldn't be able to properly train for their respective bouts. Unlike in some countries, namely Belarus, where it's business as usual and there's mass gatherings, there's even football games still going on. The UK government won't be sanctioning any sporting events or any mass gatherings or sanctioning, allowing any mass gatherings to go ahead for the foreseeable future. I mean, if they're not letting the Premier League season resume until June at the earliest, they damn sure are not gonna let a full contact sporting event go ahead. Now, as sad as I am, the the fights aren't gonna go ahead and there are some absolute banging fights on that Bellator card. I can't help but believe the right call is to scrap them as soon as possible. I mean, given the havoc and the number of deaths this virus has caused and has continued to cause, we can't be playing with the lives of the vulnerable, the elderly, and indeed, the fit and regular healthy people for the sake of fisticuffs, and I mean the fit and regular people, because normally, no, normally, um, people who have no underlying medical conditions are sadly losing their lives. And the most notable one today in the UK, I, I believe, in the combat sports, from the combat sports perspective, was the death of Anthony Yard's father, Anthony Yard is a light heavyweight uh, contender. And he recently fought Sergei Kovalev over in Russia for the, I do believe, the WBO light heavyweight t- uh, title. I can't remember. But the fact that his father was, was fit and healthy and sadly lost his life just attests to the fact of how serious we need to be taking this virus. And that's why it irks me when I see people, in the UK in particular, still gathering in parks en mass. And still in close proximity to one another, and indeed, I saw people. See, so oh, sorry, I'm getting so flustered. I'm mixing up my words. Um, indeed, I still see people shaking hands and then touching items in the in like the fruit departments and whatever. It's it's just very annoying. But back to Bellator. now, the one thing I hope they do do if they cancel the the two four two card and the Bellator London card. Is pay their fighters some of, if not their full show money for the card. At a time like this, the promotion can't abandon their athletes for the sake of penny pinching, and it would be penny pinching for a promotion that are backed by Viacom who have like they they got they got some paper in, in that bank, so they should pay their fighters. Now I get that some people will say that uh the Bellator two one fighters got their money, so the fighters on two for two and the London card will get their money, and they'd be right to come up uh, with that con- come up with that conclusion. Sorry, draw that conclusion. But there's a significant difference here. Is the significant difference is that on with regards to the Bellator two for one card, Bellator actually cancelled the event on the day itself, meaning that all the combatants had fulfilled their requirements to get their show money. And in the case of the guys on the uh, 242 card and the London cards, that's likely not going to be happening. I, I'm, I for one, I'm a bit optimistic that I think that Mr. Scott Coker will dip into his checkbook and keep his fighters fed for the coming months during this these uncertain times. But as we all know in the fight game, in particular in the MMA game, some fuckery is never too far around the corner. Anyway, guys, that's all from me, Jasanga Malaya from the Daily Star and Daily Express. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you and yours stay safe during these difficult times. Take care.
1: Just like Jasanga, I really do hope that Bellator will come good here. I know that, you know, fighters haven't weighed in in the same way that um, the previous card actually enabled those fighters who'd weighed in, who were ready to fight, who were in the, in the vicinity of the venue, I mean, literally in the fighter hotel. Um, uh, they got paid. I really do hope that, you know, Bellator do the right thing here and actually, you know, set again pace and set a precedent in that you have people who have been contracted to fight. That fight has fallen through. So yeah. pay them.
0: I mean, I think the issue, though, Mike, might be like what you said, like if they don't weigh in or even though the fight was announced, it's still way out. And if they already know that it's going to be canceled ahead of time, even though it's way out, do you pay them or not? You know, like, I don't know. I think it gets to be a sticky situation, but I'm with you. I'm all for paying them, especially being that how many times Mm. do fighters fight a year? This is how this is how they support themselves. And let's be honest, Mike, without the fighters, there is no Bellator. There is no UFC. There is there is no mixed martial arts. So I don't understand why we're squandering mm. to pay them anyway. Like, it's kind of weird that the companies and the promoters are making way more money than the people that actually play the sport. I mean, we can discuss that in for the NFL and all types of um, sports organizations, but it is hella strange. And it's, it's just wrong to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so sad. And. Unfortunately, it's wrong in all sports, but it's really bad in ours, you know? So I hope and pray they get paid. And I, I really hope, too, that Bellator and the UFC are just also more communicative and take care of people later on if they do have to, like, cancel these fights and not pay them. Like, I hope there is some type of light at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel, even if you're going to not get paid, some type of bonuses, some types of, you know, blessings in the in the bank accounts. some type of, you know fights being put together quickly and fast when this is over and getting people paid again. Like just, I hope that they also resume in a professional manner and take care of the people that have been canceled on as well.
1: Exactly. And you mentioned the UFC early in that conversation. Um, speaking of the UFC, it's a pleasure to welcome to this week's episode, London's finest, Nathaniel Wood. What's going on, Nathaniel?
2: Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Um, we're pretty much just, I guess, in isolation. Um, yeah, which isn't which isn't very fun, you know. I haven't got much to say, but we're surviving, mate. How are you?
1: I'm I'm just equally frustrated every single time I see your surname. That's how I am, bro. <laughs> you've been rocking that small case W on your Twitter for about it must be about three years now, and I've requested, I've put in. Jaded emails. I put in Twitter requests. I've got an army of people behind me who also agree on Twitter, but still no movement on the small W. What's going on with that, bro?
2: Mate, if you can get a hundred <laughs> retweets, <by this> day, <laughs> you're just gonna have to hate the player, hate the game.
1: Okay, well, you know, if it's come to that, you know, I, as you know, I, I rise to a challenge. But speaking of rising to a challenge. Um, Let's address the elephant in the room. Take me back to when you faced John Dodson. I mean, that whole camp, it looks as though it was perfect. You look like vintage Nathaniel Wood. I mean, how were you feeling then?
2: If I'm honest, mate, I haven't got a bad word to say about that camp. Um, The camp went perfect. It... You know, a lot of fight camps, there's times when I get ill and a bit overtrained. For that one, was absolutely spot on. I didn't get that once. My wake up went perfect. I had things that um, I had to include, like high altitude training um, to get used to the altitude that I'd be dealing with out in New Mexico. And I felt amazing, mate. Um, Coming to the fight, first round, I actually said in the corner um, I don't think they got it on camera but I said to my dad and Brad, I said wow, that was fun Um, because (laughs) I generally was having fun out there you know, obviously John Dodson's one of the best in the game he's been there, done that, got the t-shirt and when I was in there, I was thinking to myself, like, is this it? Is this this all you've got kind of thing? Um, Obviously that might sound a bit stupid because in the end he catches me, but to me, what happened is once the head clash, I caught that um, cut above my eye. Yeah. For me, I was in my head thinking, shit, this is in the worst place I could possibly get. The crowd are on his side. I felt in my head like the rest's going to stop it. The rest's just going to come in at the third round. And I've had that stop before when um, I fought Alan Philpott and they stopped the fight. Yeah. Nose. Um, and I was just in my head thinking, I don't want a repeat of this. So. In that final round, you know, I just came out far too hasty. Mm. Um, and watching back on the footage, I'm just screaming at myself thinking, no, you know, why didn't I just, just take him down at least or just play play the round out? Because in my eyes, I think I was winning that fight. Um, it was very close. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say oh, 100% I was winning, winning the fight. But yeah. for me, you know, I... felt amazing in there and i'm just gutted with obviously how it ended um i'm not gonna take anything away from the ref because you know i guess it does look bad on camera but i can promise you now that i was still in that fight it was just purely a flash drop i was getting back to my feet and you know i've been through a lot worse than that so i am gutted that he stopped the fight you know i know how much damage i can take and you know
1: but I've only got myself to blame but in that I mean I'll just put my card firmly on the table you know that I've been following you from day one and you know I've obviously got a, a serious bias here but okay as two biased people can we discuss the fact that it looked as though you were still in the fight that I feel was a very early stoppage yeah for,
2: for me man I promise you now I was still in that fight um when, when he drops me, you see me looking at, I'm looking behind me to see where he's coming from. Yeah. And then obviously when he got on top of me and was throwing them shots, they were, none of that was precise. There was no shot that he landed flush or clean. They were just little rabbit punches that I guess looked good yeah. on the camera. But, mate, I came away with not a bruise on me, you know. I didn't have a scratch. All I had was that uh, gash above my eye, mm. which was from a head clash which I was a bit pissed off about, but, you know, I know he didn't mean that, um, intentionally. Um, and I had my, my foot was hurting from where I was kicking him. Other than that, I was smiling, laughing, absolutely fine, you know, and I've had wins where I've come away with con- concussion and a broken nose. And, um, you know, I've been in a lot more damage than that. So it was frustrating as hell, but, you know, as I say, it's only my fault. So I'm only going to blame myself, you know, hats off to John Dodson. Um, he done, I guess, what he needed to do. Um, and I just need to come away. I'm going to learn from this. You know, next time I'm not going to be as hasty. And, yeah, you know, in my head I'm just thinking I shouldn't have allowed that cut to, you know, change my kind of pace of the fight. Um but yeah, I guess you live by the
0: sword, you die by the sword.
1: Indeed. And in the heat of the moment, I, I'm guessing there was an element of protestation uh, between you and the ref. Do you remember what the ref was saying to you at that time?
2: Oh, sorry, mate, you cut up there.
1: I, I was just saying, do you remember what the ref was saying to you at that time?
2: No, I don't even know if the ref did say anything to me. I remember when I've had uh, fights with someone like Mark Goddard, you know, he can he's saying it very clearly, The will defend yourself, defend yourself, and kind of getting that chance. But, right. Uh, I'm pretty sure that ref didn't say much to me. I'd have to go back and look. But mm. If he did, I didn't hear him saying, um, you know, defend yourself or I'm going to stop the fight or anything like that. You know, he just kind of stopped the fight. So, but yeah, frustrating.
1: And how was Dodson in, in victory? Was he uh, a consummate professional and congratulated you for, you know, giving him a good fight? Or, I mean, how did it actually pan out in the end?
2: Yeah, he was fine. I spoke to him after. Um, and he just said to me, he's like, hey, man, i got to apologize. You know, those groin shots, obviously, they were going in my stomach, but I was pushing it down with my elbow and it was going into my groin. And in my head, I was just thinking, cut the bullshit, man. Like, them, exactly. them shots were not hitting your groin. Mm. You know, they were hitting you in the stomach. And that's why he said to me, oh, man, I've never been kicked so hard in my life. And that's because I know I was landing on the stomach. Um, you know, I know if I hit someone on the cup, it's like a hard knock. But when you kick someone in, in in the stomach, it's nice and soft and you just know the difference. So that was frustrating because he was moaning about them, uh, which I kind of, when I watched this fight with Peter Yan, you know, I saw that he liked to complain about quite a few things. Yeah. Um, so that really kind of frustrated me in the fight. But, you know, after the fight, it's been and done. So... You know, if he was playing a game just to get a, a quick 20 seconds re- recovery from the body shot, mm. uh, good on him because he do- it works. Do you know what I mean? If if you're, uh, I guess if he can do his little cheat and get that that way, then so be it. But for me, you know, there was no groin shots um, whatsoever. They did not land on the groin. Um, that pissed me off. But other than that, you know, I wish him all the best. He's a nice bloke. I have met his family after, and you know, he's got some he's got some kids. They look really nice and. You know, they were smiley and just said, like, well done on the fight and stuff. Mm. Um, so, you know, it looks like he's bringing up some good kids and he's got a nice wife. And yeah, you know, just they just look like nice, nice people.
1: So fast forward, uh, must have been about three, no, four weeks after the fight. It was very, very um, soon after anyway. Um, I saw posts from you saying that you were fully mended and you were you were ready to go again. How how realistic and how truthful were you being there? Were you ready to go again?
2: Oh, mate, 100%. Um, Straight after that fight, I was right back in the gym. Um, I think I got home on the Monday and I was back in the gym on the Tuesday or I was back on Sunday and back in the gym Monday, whatever it was. Um, I obviously had the cut above my eye, so there was no sparring. But within about seven days, I'm like Wolverine, I healed up really really quickly mm. and I was back in there sparring. I had my head guard on. Um you know obviously I know people think for my style I get hit a lot but you know that's not actually the plan and in sparring I don't get hit as much as people think. Um, so you know I didn't didn't take any more damage on the head and yeah I was my weight was already low because obviously I had just made 61 kilos. Uh, my fitness was there. I guess, you know, I had a week off from sparring, but there's no way that I would allow a week off from sparring to stop me fighting on the London card. Um, So, yeah, I was... Honestly, I was good to go. Um, I said to... We said to Sean Shelby, you know, put if you can, put me on there as a late replacement. And we we didn't really sort of hear much back, uh, but from what I took, it was kind of a... If someone pulls out... um, But there was only the Jack Shaw... And whoever he was fighting on the card, but I was staying ready for that. Um, and then I think it was a week and a half out, we kind of said, Hey, look, you know, it's gonna have to be a catch weight at this rate because you know, this I can't get my weight much lower than this, yeah. Um, and on a, hey, there's no way I'm making weight on like a day's notice. Um, and then next thing, obviously, the show's cancelled. So,
1: so hold on, hold on, hold on, pause for a second. You mentioned that. There was a possibility of a matchup with Jack Shaw. Did I did I hear you right?
2: No, well, there was there was no um, guarantee, but from what we was take the response we was um, taking from the USC was that you're kind of you're on the list as like a replacement. Right. Um, because the card was full. But then obviously when I looked on the card at what Bantam weights there were, it was only Jack Shaw. Um so i didn't get any clarification from the ufc on whether they were talking about that bout. if someone you know pulls out you'll take their place yeah or whether they just meant in general you're on top of the list if anything changes um we didn't really get anything um properly you know announced um and then obviously when we was in sort of a bit more talks with them the show got cancelled obviously with the coronavirus stuff um so you know, in in a way, I'm glad that I didn't cut all the weight. Um, you know, I just feel I feel gutted for the fighters that you know spent ten weeks purely for that that show and you know didn't get to obviously showcase their skills. And I don't know if they got paid or not, but yeah, that's uh, that's definitely gutting if they didn't.
1: I've been keeping a close eye on the whole payment issue because for some of the fighters, they went through two camps for that. I'm thinking specifically of last week's guest on the WOCast, and that was Lerone Murphy. And um, put it this way, um, as of, I think it was the beginning of this week, um, none of the prelim fighters had been paid. Now, things may have moved on, you're right. But um, just on on that single issue there, there was a lot of praise for Bellator um, having paying their fighters Now, what was your take on the whole, like, um, well, issue around payment of UFC London? Would you have expected to be paid, considering that you didn't weigh in, you didn't actually um, turn up uh, to fight on fight night? So it's kind of like um, that's the similarity that people are actually drawing with Bellator, that those fighters actually turned up on fight night to fight, had weighed in, but didn't actually fight. But got paid. Would you have expected to get paid in the circumstances that actually played out for UFC London?
2: Um, for me, obviously, you'd like to be paid. Um, I don't know if the if the fighters have been paid or not. So I'm not going to, you know, jump the gun. I'm not sure if you know that or not.
1: Uh, no, I, I don't.
2: Have they not been paid?
1: Um, I don't know if they have been paid, but the last time I spoke to um, a few of the fighters and I did, like, get uh, as many differing views as I could uh, or differing uh, points of view from different fighters, no one I'd spoken to had been paid. But as we sit here on Friday, what, um, Friday the 27th, um, I don't know if anybody has been paid. But the last time I asked, no, they hadn't.
2: Well, with me, obviously, the UFC have always looked after me. And there's times where, even like a month after your fight, all of a sudden there's some money thrown in your bank. Wow. um, Which I believe is the discretionary bonuses. Mm. Um, So I guess everyone used to say, oh, you get the backstage checks. But. For me, it was always just you get a little bit of money put in your bank
1: account. Oh, OK. Um, I had no idea so, that you got that little kind of like locker room bonus. Uh, well, electronic yeah, locker room bonus. Right, for me,
2: it's a good problem to have, I guess. But I wake up and I'm like, oh, hold on. like my There's some more money in my account. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they're like, yeah, discretionary bonus. So don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if I was fighting on that London card, yes, I would like to think that the UFC would look after me and would give me some sort of money, whether it is the full purse or not. Um, but, you know, from the UFC's point of view as well, I guess it's not their fault that coronavirus has infected the, the world at the moment and stopped the thing. So uh, even with 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 people outside of the fighting industry now, it, everyone's suffering and. Um, you know, businesses are suffering, which means their workers are suffering, and I'm not quite sure how the government works with, like, you know, who they're paying and stuff, mm. but I've got friends that aren't being able to earn their money, um, which means, you know, everyone just, like, a domino effect, everyone's everyone's suffering, so, you know, I would think that the UFC would pay or would give their fighters something to for it, um, but, however, you know, I'm not sure of the ins and outs, but even if they haven't been paid yet, I am i wouldn't say that that's the UFC saying they're not going to pay because, as I said, I've had um, little bonuses after fights and stuff um, like six weeks after.
1: Ah, you know, so, well, let's keep uh, our fingers crossed that is the, the case. The UFC,
2: as I say, they, they always have looked after me and I'm pretty sure they look after all of their fighters. So, you know, I'd like to think that, that everyone's going to be um, sorted out for that.
1: Well, you know, let's really keep our fingers crossed that is the case here but um speaking of uh um keeping fingers crossed um i'm keeping my fingers crossed for you this is the point of the interview where you are now going to be uh entering our quiz our quiz is called FFSY. though so far at the leaderboard top of the leaderboard is larone murphy Out of the five questions which I'm going to pose to you, I posed five questions to him and um, he got two out of five. So there's your bar, which you'll have to actually match or even beat to actually take the leaderboard. Okay. Okay, so first up, um, I'm going to give you what I think is quite an easy question, but let's just see how you fare with it. OK, question number one. Give me Ronda Rousey's nickname. Rowdy. Is that your final answer? Rowdy.
2: Rowdy Ronda Rousey, yeah.
1: Fantastic. One point.
2: Boom. (laughs) Boom. Wait, what do I win out
1: of this? What you win is kudos for being top of the leaderboard. Okay. That 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 has some serious rankings there, bruv. Seriously. Seriously. Right. You're gonna see the killers okay. who are gonna come down the pipe and you're gonna be at the top. They're gonna to beat you. I'm com
2: I'm very competitive, so I'll take that.
1: <laughs> okay. Question number two. Um Frankie Edgar. Can you name um Frankie Edgar's first fight in the UFC? Who was his opponent?
2: Oh, I'm only young, Mike, You know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? I listened to his podcast the other day with Joe Rogan, and I'm sure he said it, but I have no idea, so I will have to pass. It. Well,
1: give it, give it a guess at least, at the very least.
2: Um, is it Mark Bosak?
1: No, it was Tyson Griffin. At UFC 67. Okay. So you said that you're not really um, that long in the tooth in terms of UFC career, but surely you know the beginnings of the UFC. Do you know or can you tell me who came up with the concept of the Ultimate Fighting Championship?
2: came up with the concept as in as in what who who um like just came up with the idea.
1: That's right. I'm I'm gonna give you um three possible answers. Okay. Now which of these people had someone
2: like Bruce Lee but technically that's not the UFC.
1: Yeah exactly. Now which of these people had the idea for the concept of the UFC? Was it Dana White? Mm -hmm. Was it Hodger Gracie Or was it Art Davey
2: Um,
1: Dana White
2: I'm going to say Hodger Gracie Art Davey I'm going to go with Bart Davey
1: Did you say Bart Davey I said Art Davey
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know who that guy is but i just said it you're I'm going, going back.
1: you're going with art davy you are yeah. you are I'll, I'll you are you <laughs> are
2: yeah, you
1: are indeed correct it was art davy
2: well guess
1: mate you're, you're you're killing it right now okay mate,
2: i'm only joking i did really know who you were. are you being serious <laughs> yeah of course I don't know who he is okay good uh, old good old art David <laughs> <laughs> so that means I'm tired at the top already you're
1: tired at the top yeah. um okay which UFC champion is known as the iceman
2: Chuck Liddell ah oh,
1: mate Boom, oh congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Manua, yeah. the UFC's Jimmy Manua, now retired, was born in which US what which UFC US...
2: California
1: <laughs> let, me, let me get the words out. Which US city? California. What you've said there isn't what I've got in front of you, but bear me 30 seconds. Yeah,
2: you're going to say Sacramento, right? Yes. Yeah, Boom. Sacramento, California.
1: Come on. <laughs> are you sure you're not Googling these? My, no. I, I
2: said it before you even hit me with the answer,
1: the question. <laughs> Four out of a possible five. You are killing it right now. You are top of the leaderboard, my friend. Congratulations.
2: my talents are wasted in the UFC. (laughs) I'm a kid genius or
1: something. You know something, it looks like quiz shows might be where you're heading because right now um, it looks like this lockdown is going to continue a little bit longer than um, people have given it credit for.
2: Yeah, let's do this again every week.
1: My friend, you have been absolutely amazing. Congratulations. You are now at the top of the leaderboard. You've been incredible. And your uh, your, your prowess will be broadcast. Um, well, it'll be your Monday when the show comes out. But also, I'm going to get 100 retweets because I really need that W actually as a capitalised W.
2: Oh, but I also te- also forgot to say, yeah. you've got to do it within 48 hours. What? If you don't, then it goes up by 100 retweets <laughs> every day.
1: Wow. Jesus. Yeah. You're like Bane so from got- Batman. Your, your terms are just, like, horrendous.
2: Yeah, you better text all your friends and your friends' friends and just say, <laughs> guys, look, you're ready to retweet this, because otherwise, unfortunately, Mike, it stays there for good. <laughs>
1: Nathaniel, you've been a really good sport. It's been great catching up with you. Um, Look after yourself and uh, stay safe, yeah?
2: No, thank you for having me as always. What
1: I liked about um, what Nathaniel was saying there is it backed up what I thought I was watching, what I thought Mm -hmm. I was seeing in the closing stands of the fight, he was definitely in
0: there. How about you? I knew you were going to jump right into that. When I was listening to this, I was like, oh, no, Mike, just shut up. Like, both y'all just <laughs> chumming it up. And I was like, this has bias all over it, and I can't wait to talk about it with Mike. Oh, massive. Oh, yeah. And um, mm. I wanted to just, like, joke with you about it, but I like that you did say that you were biased because it does sound biased. Mm. And and allow me to to explain because on the outside looking in, I totally agree with the stoppage because – Mm. It's it's what you know you can take and what you know your friend can take and what Nathaniel knows he can handle versus what the refs yeah. saw. Do you understand? Like me and the refs saw Nathaniel just taking a bunch of shots that he didn't need to take and it was too many in rapid succession and he wasn't deve- You know he wasn't intelligently defending. And the, although it was a short time frame, I'm okay with the stoppage. But you know him, Mike. Mm. You know what he's capable of. I seen you hanging out with him at the gym. You've probably worked out with him. You, <laughs> I hear it in the in, in the interview. I'm like, that's your man's, yo. That's why when you saw him go down, you're like, oh, that motherfucker could have taken 30 more. You know what I'm saying? You know what he's yeah. built of. Yeah. And so does Nathaniel. So it probably hits home or it hurts to see that, knowing that your man probably can get up and still win the fight. Like he wasn't out of it. But on the outside looking in and with no bias, some people like myself do think it looked bad and just call it, call the fight, call the fight, you know? But I did feel bad for him. I know that probably um, bothered him. But love the interview, Mike, and I love the questions you asked because it just, I love the inside scoop. And I love the fighter's perspective. Like, I love the detail about the cut above the eye that seemed to change the tone of the fight. Remember, he said Mm -hmm. he was feeling good in the beginning and he was having fun. And then that cut just changed everything. And what happens after the cut? Knocked out. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy to hear him say there was nothing wrong with the fight camp. I was, and then when the fight started, I was having fun. And then, mm. boom, taken away from you in a drop of a hat. And then now you think you have a, you know, an early stoppage. Like, how emotional fighting can be, huh? Like, I love the inside scoop. But it was good to hear that in his perspective. And I like that um, I agree with him, Mike. Yo, them shots to um, Dotson's um, nuts, I don't believe him. He was hitting above the cup. I don't, I don't exactly. When I heard y'all talking, I was like, Preach, preach, lies, all of it.
1: And and that's why it's so difficult to hear you saying he thinks that it was an early stoppage. It was an early stoppage, G, and I won't hear <laughs> really anything else other than it was an early stoppage.
0: I mean maybe
1: Man got robbed. Yeah,
0: maybe I'm just too protective. <laughs> you know what like that's that's what I mean by how a ref's job is so hard. Everyone's perspective of fighting yeah. and what a fighter can take is different. Like Shane Carmen versus Brock Lesnar. If I was the ref, Shane Carmen would be, would have been our new heavyweight champion. I just I just yes, I see Brock blocking the blows with his forearms, but I also saw Shane Carman just dropping so much and in full mount. Call it what's the what's what's going on? <laughs> but I also can see that with Nathaniel Woods versus Dotson. But I also like after the fight that Nathaniel liked his his family and whatnot. I just love the inside scoop, you know. I like the tidbits we don't hear or see because we're not fighters, you know. So hmm. I really great interview, Mike. By the way.
1: Well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, just before we wrap up this week, it's time to turn to listener questions. First up, Natraj Hola,
2: ji. Hey, Michael. Hope you and everybody around you are doing well and staying healthy and safe in this lockdown period. Uh, yeah. Although no fights, very, very interesting week for I guess the entire fight world. Uh, Perizzo Saunders, I guess tried, but it was just bad timing and in very poor taste, nobody found that funny, the whole video of him showing how to beat women, like why, why do, even why, why bother, at this point why bother, uh, Jones, it's
0: sad but honestly, I have stopped caring at this point, he's a grown ass man, he was a father, he's a champion of the world, he can see the entire world
2: p- literally being, uh, pitying him. At some point, he needs to want to get better. If he doesn't, then fuck it. <laughs>
0: it's him. I, would say him. I just feel bad for the kids, I guess. Mike, you see how he feels like me? You see the... W- we yeah. don't care. <laughs> Okay,
1: I know we went over in great detail, um, John Jones and Billy J. Saunders, but it was just good to get, you know, a listener perspective and um he's right. I mean he's nailed it in the in in, in both instances. But I just wanna to touch on just something which he said about John Jones. Well if he doesn't care, why should we care? Fuck him.
0: You know that's, I, mean? That's, I mean, I just... He does have a point. Yeah, that was how I felt. But I used... What did I say? Like, it's none of my business. When it's actually... Not that it's none of my business, but I feel like Natraj, like, he keeps doing it. He won't get help. And it's getting worse. And they, I can't lock him up. Yeah. I'm not a cop. No, I can't be like, that's it, I'm arresting him. That's it. I can't do anything, Mike. I'm at home like, well, so when's your next fight or when's your next arrest? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> but I, But I truly okay. do hope he gets help. Like, you know, we're joking and laughing, but I do mm. want him to get help I mean he's gonna, he's so. gonna ruin his legacy He's a great fighter and, and we like him because he's a great fighter we, None of us want to talk about this stuff I'd much rather him discuss him having a really good fight With Dominic Reyes Or winning another title again So you know
1: Next up MMA by Milliken Yay. Hey G Hey Michael Hey to everybody out there in MMA land, especially everyone out in MMA Twitter, it's MMA by Milliken. I think Billy Sanders is a clown. Sandra Sanders, whatever his damn name is. Lazy <laughs> <laughs> idiot. My question, however, is you take two of your favorite current fighters, who is their best matchup? Who is their worst matchup? You know, who can they kind of get past with no problem who would give them the most problems that's my question take care stay safe
0: Oh, okay boy. so
1: take your favorite fighter who's their worst matchup who's their best matchup okay um I think this is the point at which you close your ears. I'm going with Conor McGregor as being one of my favorite fighters. Mm-hmm. Um who I think <laughs> who I think gives him problems, Khabib Namagamadov. and uh, as we've seen the stifling style and relentless pace of Khabib Nurmagomedov is the kryptonite to Conor McGregor's um stand up um voracious appetite to you know strike. Um who is his best matchup? I think anybody in terms of uh wanting to stand with him, someone like a Justin Gaethje would be a fantastic matchup for him. So best matchup Gaethje, worst matchup could be the Mega Madoff.
0: How about you? Me, I'm, I'm a huge Jorge Masvidal fan, and I whenever I say that, I like to remind people that I didn't just jump on his dick because he, you know, had the fastest KO and now he's popular. Nope, I liked mm. him from back in the day. So I always like to put that disclaimer out because he's got a whole new slew of stands and annoying people that like him. You know, they jump the bandwagon. So yeah. for him, I think um, his worst matchup, I'm just going to put it out there, Uzman. I think Guzmán okay. presents all the tools necessary to grind him out and um, wrestle, just wrestle fuck him to bed. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to to beat um, Jorge Masvidal. And even if you do try to do that, it's not going to be easy. Look at his fight with Damien Maya. You know, like it was mm. not easy for Damien Maya to just try to strangle him for all those rounds. And when Damien Maya won that fight and was interviewed, he said Jorge was the, one of the hardest people who's ever fought before because his Brazilian jiu-jitsu defense was on point. So I think Usman is the worst for him. Believe it or not, I think Connor's a good matchup for Jorge. That's just somebody that's just going to stand and bang with him. Okay. And I think Jorge can handle that left hand. I think he has a good uh, chin. I think he has uh, good cardio. And I, st- I still want that fight. I'm the fangirl that's like, is Connor and, and Masvidal fighting anytime soon? Like I, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I want them to fight. I'm surprised. Yeah, I want them to fight. That's like my little fun fight I want to see. It makes no sense. Mm. It's, it's kind of silly as far as rankings, yada, 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 but it's just kind of like a fantasy fight that I would love to see because they're both dynamic strikers, and I don't think neither one of them would go to the ground, and I would love to yeah. see who would win that. My money would be on Jorge, but I think Connor he might be able to pull it out too, but I think Connor I think, not Connor. I think Jorge Hmm. would give him a good fight and it's a good matchup for him.
1: Okay, last but by no means least, it's Jim Asun.
0: Oh, the king, let's go. What's going on, you bunch of fucking (laughs) cabos? Hope you're all safe in this fucking quarantine world we're in. And people, seriously, if you don't have to work, stay the fuck home. Unless you absolutely have to go get food or shit like that You know like this Fucking shit ain't no joke man I don't know how many times I gotta say it I've been saying it for weeks you know this Shit ain't no joke Anyways Ashley and fucking Jones What the fuck is in their fucking <laughs> water eh? 30 hits for starters But I think Dana White loves this shit You know Good publicity bad publicity He don't care a flying fuck as long as his fighter's company name or himself, whatever's in the news, he's happy. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? Um <laughs> we love having the content, y'all. <laughs> it's always four twenty. It is, brother. I love him. Uh, oh, yeah, I was his, saying, his voice is incredible. His voice, his whole page, his food, the weed, his wife. Mm. It's just, I feel like, you know, his page is like, like I'm watching TV here. It's like I tune in, you know what I mean? I loved and <laughs> quite as kept. We, we've we been Twitter friends for quite a while before Jim became the king. When he was on the low, we've we was, ah. been tweeting. So that's my man. But to answer his question, um, I agree mm. with him. I think Dana enjoys all this Um all this quarantine uh, trouble these fighters are getting into. I mean, Mike, I was going to ask you, the, don't you think these fighters have lost their goddamn mind? Ashley um, Evans, Mike Perry out here, not social distancing, cheating on his woman online, doing all types of shit. He got into a bar fight. Um, what else is going on? There's a bunch of shit. Fuck, um, John Jones driving drunk. He told the police he was stir crazy. Ashley Evans stealing medical supplies from porches. <laughs> Gordon Ryan posted on Instagram that we weak because we survived the Spanish flu, but put up a bunch of lies and didn't even fact check none of the dumb shit he said. I mean, Mike, what's going on? Like, is it the quarantine? Is it no MMA? What is it?
1: You know something? I think Joey Diaz um, once said, if it's shitty at the beginning, it's going to be shitty at the end. These people aren't actually straying from their official narrative, are they? This isn't something which is as a surprise, which has sprung upon us. And we're like, oh, where did that come from? They've been displaying these traits for a long while. I, I have to say, I was surprised with Ashley um, Evan Smith, that whole um, scenario where, you know, they'd gone to pick up, I think it was a dresser it, some bit of furniture and then made off with the medical supplies, that were actually sat next to the dress right um, that wasn't for them I think yeah her, I, I think her explanation of that was horseshit i didn't and won't be convinced by the oh well in my neighborhood when things are actually left out we think you know they are being offered to basically anybody who's passing by horseshit i'm not buying that but No, just neither to do i get back to Just to get back to Jim's um, original question. Yes, I do feel that um, Dana does not waste bad news. I think a crisis to him is column inches. I think a crisis to him represents notoriety. I think a crisis to him, there's no such thing as bad PR. So, um, yeah, um, all good.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's any bad PR. He doesn't make any comments about any bad PR. I think the last time, mm. I think when you do something crazy like the Dolly thing, he has to speak on it. You know what I mean? Like when police are involved and, it, you know, but, and then it's that big of a star like Conor McGregor. But I do agree with Jim as well. I think when Mike Perry's acting like an ass online and, and Ashley Evans is stealing stuff and Gordon Ryan is saying misinformation and getting us all talking, the UFC's name is out there and especially being that there's no fights lined up why not use this yeah. drama to get people talking cuz let's face it mike we're not talking about fights we're actually talking about all the dumb shit everybody did this week exactly <laughs> so exactly it's working. And just
1: in the case of the dolly exactly in the case of the dolly they use that ad nauseum right. in the oh my God. come on now and don't tell me that dana wasn't instrumental in saying at every single juncture that is going to punctuate the conversation
0: oh it was horrible because remember Dana went from Mm. being like I don't condone this he was totally against it and then the next thing Mm. you know when after they made up let's use it as a fight promo for Khabib I was like this is confusing you can leave that whole you know that whole footage out and just kind of work off this natural feud that they have going we didn't have to include criminal Mm. activity and let's not forget influence influence like Conor McGregor and them are huge stars. Let's not, you know, get young folks out here doing crazy shit. Let's 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 remember that people are watching, and let's keep this a little bit professional, you know. So exactly, I didn't really care for that promo, but I'm with Jim. Dana's loving this shit, and Dana's out here acting crazy. He's telling people UFC 249 is still on, but he won't tell the media where. He went on some Mm. horrible rant and cursed out media and, and said these terrible things. I don't know if you saw that interview. It was crazy. So you can add him to the list. Maybe he's bored quarantined up and he's saying some wild shit, but
1: yeah. But what is Dana White? He's a promoter. He's doing exactly what he should be doing. He's keeping the UFC and the UFC fighters in our consciousness, in our mouths, in our minds, and on our websites. Do you think... Doing a fantastic job. Yes, 100%.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I spend a lot of time saying negative things about Dana because I don't really agree with a lot of the stuff. But I do appreciate Mm. him being the president of of the company and, and putting this all together and stuff like that. And sometimes he is fun. You know, he'll say funny things. He's he's, and then he's the face of the company. So there, I do find familiarity with him. I just don't always agree with him. So I'm not going to. Sh- he's one of the best. Ben.
1: He's one of the best in the game. He's one of the best sports promoters on the planet. Let's just you know, right. let's not um, forget. to give Exactly. Him his you have
0: to give Dana his props for what he's good at, and then. But I think it's also okay to drag him when he acts good and crazy. And I think, you know, during this pandemic, he's really showing his ass a little bit here. Mm -hmm. And my question Mm -hmm. to you, Mike, is do you think he still pulls off UFC 249? And if so, where?
1: Put it this way, I'd be very shocked and surprised if he doesn't because he's been spending the last five days now talking about the fact that it's done. And not saying shit about where. location has been secured. Yep. Um, he doesn't want to scupper it by people actually going up in arms as journalists will do once it has been uh, nailed down in terms of a location because people are going to talk on it. They're going to speak on it. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up in Abu Dhabi. There's two reasons for mm-hmm. this. One, we're talking Khabib. Khabib, I, I have to say, um, from what I'm hearing, is in Dubai right now. Dubai is a stone's throw from Abu Dhabi. You've got a low level of um, COVID-19 in terms of infections and in terms of cases in Abu Dhabi. But I suppose as well, it's for me, what's really nailing it is where else on the planet is this going to take place?
0: Right, and, and and I thought Abu Dhabi too, but I just recently saw that Khabib was in Russia, if that's if there's any truth to that. But I did see... Really? Yeah, I saw Khabib shooting. Um, someone took pictures of him, and he was on someone's Insta, and it was in Russia. I should have screenshotted for the show and talked about it. But yeah, I thought he was in Russia, but I'm just not sure if this is like a credible source or legitimate. But people actually don't know where... Khabib is. I'm hearing Russia. I'm hearing Abu Dhabi. And then I even heard a rumor, um, Florida or something like that. Like Dana wanted to have it in Florida maybe. And I'm just like, wow, like how is Dana going to do this? Me personally, Mike, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I don't think he can do it With, with all these travel bans and all these issues with athletic commissions and because um, wasn't the Nevada Athletic Commission supposed to meet March 25th and they canceled it in fear of coronavirus?
1: But that's just it. That's why I feel it will not be in the states. That's why I'm taking the states out of the ah. equation. And especially when you have a president who at the moment is balking at the prospect of actually locking down various regions in the states. I mean, he was talking and he was, he was being quite bullish about it initially, about locking down um, New York City, quarant- quarantining New York City. Because you guys apparently there are the epicentre of the world now in terms of the coronavirus. So I can see that being an issue, the fact that they will. I think in the coming weeks, you're going to find that there are certain travel restrictions um, statewide. Mm. So that's what's making me feel it will not be in the United States. And that's what's making me feel as well. That's what's making me feel the fact that they've got this five-year deal with Abu Dhabi they have to give them content, right? And this is one way of actually delivering on
0: Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And then um, also too, not only the states getting tight, as you see, as you can see, with Trump threatening to even tighten up quarantine with New York and other affected areas. So is the world. Yeah. I think Russia, even though they have low cases, they're shutting down travel to and from Russia to get this virus under control. So
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: why I frown upon him being able to pull it off. Either way, because I think just as time goes on, you're noticing that everything is subject to change. And I think that everything is going to get stricter before it gets better. So I think that puts, yeah, I think that's why UFC 249 is in danger, because you're seeing changes swiftly. I'm talking about things change from 24 hours. I'm not talking about a month, two weeks. Things change within a day or two. So I'm. Okay. Yeah. You know what we've got here? Mm -hmm. We've got a little
1: wager. I wager that it will take place. And you're saying that it won't.
0: Oh, God. If it you does do push take ups? place. <laughs> yes.
1: 30 push-ups. How about that? Oh, my
0: God. Can we do 25? I'm out of shape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 25. Yes, is. I'm
0: a little out of shape. I'm, You know, I'm quarantined up eating good, but not exercising. So I, I can do I can do 25 out of shape. So let's do it. And then and, and if anybody catches quarantine after this, I'm going to make you do an, an additional push-ups. I'm gonna make you do. Sounds like yeah, a I'm plan. gonna punish you because it, you know, you're you're advocating for this. It sounds like, and then when a fighter tests positive, yeah. I'm gonna blame you for it. Okay, so, <laughs> but I am gonna watch it though, even though I'm talking shit. <laughs> I won't be boycotting UFC 249 if if it still goes forward. I'm like everybody else. I will watch it, but Mike, I do think it's kind of reckless. But we shall see.
1: Exactly. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the wo cost as usual you can find me on twitter at mike tv and you can find g at
0: gspotmma
1: until next time make some trouble always later yeah. right
3: mate